But for the most part, when I was reading through the book, I was just kind of yelling out to myself, I did that. I used <laughs> no, I get that. that method. Welcome back to another episode of the Productivity Lab, where we put the tips, tricks, and methods of getting stuff done to the test. I'm your host, Mark. And I'm Kyle. And in this week's episode, we are doing a book review, uh, our second book review on the show, and that is Atomic Habits by James Clear. Mm-hmm. And this is probably, between the two books you've read, my favorite book so far. Spoilers! But we'll get to the reasons later. All right. I'm on the edge of my seat to find <laughs> out why. But before we get to that, tell us uh, what you've been working on in your productivity world. Come well, on. between the last episode and this episode, not much has changed. This has only been a week between recordings, which is short for us. But it's been mostly house stuff, getting things in order, the new place, uh, setting up a bunch of things, getting chairs together, <laughs> like just a bunch <laughs> of the fun things that happen over you move, just trying to get things, get the space filled in to a good liking. As for personal side projects, not much has happened. Like I said, it's only been a week and yeah, uh, it's been mostly just focus on getting things settled in the new place and also watching the dog or dog Riggins a lot because Amberly is currently out of town and I am on dog dad duty 24 seven. So he's in my full time side project right now. It feels like he's actually <laughs> in the room with me right now. There might be some growling later. He likes to look out the window and growl at random things. So if you hear that, just that's Riggins in the background expressing his interest of the outside world, I guess. Or adding commentary to what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I don't agree with that, Kyle. Did you not read that page? <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Mark? Um, I've been, it's been at a, at a nice regular interval of things to do outside of the work uh, week, uh, which has been fun. But outside of that, uh, for productivity things, I've just been going through my weekly list. So this week was focused or the past week was focused on getting some editing done for this show. Mm-hmm. Um, so next episodes, uh, getting that done. And then uh, it was a Austin podcasters uh, heavy week. So there's new things that I've been trying to do called Tuesday tips. Hmm. So there's other books that I'm reading that I'll try to summarize some things and create like these little nice charts and throw them up on the Instagram feed as well as I, I got a backlog of topics. So it's kind of called micro blogging, I guess that people <laughs> yeah. do on Instagram. So I've been doing that. Um, we also just had a coming back to back weekends of the Austin fiction podcasters meetup, which was a really good event. And then this past weekend, the Austin podcasters meetup doing all the summaries for their or weekly playlist. So it's been split between editing and uh, doing lots of little tasks for the community and Austin podcasters and some future planning on events and workshops. So it's been uh, pretty good from a productivity perspective. Wow. Yeah. I'm jealous. I'd say to spend all that time working on side projects. 
that's the thing that's the beauty of like waiting for like everything to sell after the move though is like you like make your space your own it's like a new way of like revamping it and then turn to your side project space so i'm waiting for productive weeks like that but damn man you've been busy (laughs) (laughs) i have um until the interesting see um for the month of september what my total time look like <laughs> it's all austin podcasters as far as it sounds like right now like you get this tuesday tips thing you also do uh the friday listens and then you yeah. do the newsletter which is monthly um so the month the newsletter took a back seat okay. but i but i'm working on a third quarter edition so there's so even though I may not necessarily produce the newsletter, that I do keep notes and things that occur. Uh, okay. So I stash those off over time, and then I throw those in a newsletter. So um, there are some things that I have, and I've written separate blog posts, full blog posts on the site. Mm-hmm. So those will get thrown into the newsletter. So it's kind of sometimes if if it's a monthly that means that i don't do blog posts and Mm -hmm. i write content exclusive for the newsletter and if it extends beyond that that means i've been writing outside the newsletter and i'll just fold all of that good content up into the newsletter so i'm i'm doing very bad and not sticking with a monthly release of that newsletter assistant Um, for this stuff (laughs) I thought about it. You know, that would be great if I can actually just have an intern or assistant to grab and produce that stuff and I sign off on it. Maybe um, uh, if we ever if we ever review the four-hour work week, we could uh, talk about the assistants that he talks about in that book. <laughs> you know, now that you say that, I had no interest in actually reading that book, but I may actually do that. So we can do an experiment of that because I'm curious... <laughs> If getting an assistant would actually be beneficial or worthwhile for at least the level stuff that I do, mm-hmm. um, I'm you know I'm not him. I don't have I'm not running a multi million dollar business. <laughs> I would like to actually that might be a fun book to read in the future too because I have opinions on Tim on Tim Ferriss and uh, maybe reading the book could change my mind or. Maybe it won't. I really you know, don't know. I'll be open to that. I have some opinions as well, so I'll be open to that, <laughs> yeah. to reading that and uh, and seeing what it what the book is all about. Yeah, we'll get to that eventually, though. We already have our next book in the list selected. But before we get to that, we should get to this book that we're, that we're reviewing this episode. And that is Atomic Habits. So we've got got through all of our productivity stuff and, and won it, of course, over the period of time, including obvious in our uh, previous discussion is that we've been reading this book or at least you've been reading this book <laughs> right. and i've been skimming back through this book because i've read this book i think probably about a year ago close to a oh, year wow. ago it's been a while yes because i for yeah because i think i read this quite a while ago because i was reading that reading this book and I was also watching the Marie Kondo thing on Netflix. Okay. And while that was occurring, I was redoing my entire living room and kitchen. Oh, October 16th, so, 2018. It's been pretty much a year now since it was published. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I remember reading that that this about that time where I was doing 
all my new furniture and everything mm-hmm. and, and the place. So, yeah, it's it's uh, been quite a while for me, but it was fun to revisit. So before we get into my thoughts about that, I am curious now, what did you or before we jump into what you th- <laughs> yeah, what your thoughts are on the book? Can you share what the book is about, the synopsis? Yeah, yeah, sure. So Atomic Habits is a personal development book. Uh, you'll find it in your self-improvement section in any bookstore or maybe the business section. And the book is all about forming habits that are the core to who you are. And they're usually small habits as well. James Clear describes an atomic habit as a small thing you do every day that eventually compounds over time, like compound interest, into making you a better, or in some cases, worse person. And and the book is all about how to pretty much, I want to say trick yourself into doing the things you want to do. It's not really the right thing to say, but it's you're basically conditioning yourself to do something whenever you learn a habit. So a, uh, a an atomic habit is saying that you do every day, and then he lays out the methods for how to get those habits going. And there are a lot of good practical rules in this book. I'd say I occasionally have issues with like self-help books with them seemingly a bit impractical in the rules, like a little bit more like flowering their language, but James clear definitely did his homework. And I, from other things I've read on habit formation, it seems pretty, pretty solid. Uh, James clear himself is not a psychologist. He's a productivity blogger who was a former uh, college athlete in baseball. Yeah. And he was an aspiring MLB player, but he never got to the big leagues and he found success as a writer instead. And I don't know if this is is his first published book, but it's the first one I've ever heard of by him. I know he's been having a following as blog for years, maybe decades or decades. I don't think the internet's been around for decades, for over a decade, (laughs) possibly. Before ever reading his book, I do recall coming across his blog from other links on productivity things. And even since uh, reading his book, I'll be doing research on something else. And then I'll end up back on a blog of his where he's discussing that very topic. So I'm kind of like, now that I know... Having read the book and I know who he is, I'm like, oh, he has a post on this. He's already covered this topic in detail. I must say, if you also pick up this book, um, I was perusing around his website. He does have lots of worksheets and templates. Yeah, he mentions those in the book. Yeah, to help you go along with it. So I think there's an email address and uh, we'll find it and uh, include the link to that page in the show notes. But there's an email address if you forward like your purchase receipt or something like that. You'll get access to all the templates that he has to assist you in your uh, creating your own atomic habits. I actually didn't know about that. Yeah, I was just on there uh, last night for um, I was writing a separate uh, review of this uh, for myself and I wanted to get the synopsis of the book, and I was just on his website perusing around, and I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. Is it too late for me to send my stuff to to get the uh, um, <laughs> all the nice sheets and everything? But um, if you're if you're recently purchased that, that may be something very cool to do. 
Let's uh, get to the book itself. Uh, I want to talk to you, Mark, about what made you want to pick up this book a year ago. Ooh, good question. What made me want? Well, um, I kind of. So we've talked about it offline, and I may have mentioned on the show. I read any and everything. <laughs> That's if true. I'm, if I'm curious about something, I will read it. I read legal blogs. I listen to legal podcasts. I'm. I used to want to be a lawyer um, and uh, part of middle and high school. Um, I read sci- you know, scientific studies, historical things, just any and everything. If I'm curious about it, I would like to read it. So I was looking for my own self of, of trying to find some additional tips and tricks on productivity and trying to improve that, get better, find uh, things that other people are doing. And I came across this book. And so I just picked it up. I just threw it in my uh, to-be-read list. Mm -hmm. And no one I knew personally was reading it, but just kind of uh, the word online in different areas. um, People have read it and recommended it. So I decided to pick it up and go through it. And um, I really enjoyed it. But the kicker for me when reading this was that it was stuff that I had already did mm, and yeah. which helped further reinforce my liking of this book um, because it, it was I wasn't looking for any profound knowledge. Just anytime you're talking with someone about maybe it's something you already know, maybe they do something slightly different than you do. And you've never thought about uh, that thing or process in a particular way. And when reading this, I was like, okay, there were like bits and pieces of things or descriptions of things or maybe a a, um, thought experiment that he has in a book that uh, further expounded upon things that I had done or had not or or were kind of tinkling with the ideas of. Uh, But for the most part, when I was reading through the book, I was just kind of yelling out to myself, I did that. I <laughs> yeah. used, no, I get used that. that method. I was the exact same way too. There, I've, as both listening to Proactivity Nerds, you probably have already done our homework before we read this book. But yeah, it's like, oh, he's validating this thing I've been doing for a while. It kind of felt like reading this book. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, but there are some definitely some profound points of views he puts into it that I, that I really liked. Oh yeah, for sure. He, he definitely does. And, and I remember after reading it, I, um, and I think I even like, and after I read it, I wrote some just personal notes for myself. And I was like, I kind of wish I had this book at the time that I needed it. Um, <laughs> so, so how to kind of reinforce or to, I guess, explain why it resounded with me personally is that a lot of these uh, items that he goes over in the process that he goes over and the thinking and the challenges that he presents the reader is what I did for myself to crawl out of my like crippling debt. Right. (laughs) So it was, it was at the point of time during the 2008 financial uh, crisis. And that seems to be with a lot of that. That's a, that's an important date, not just from an economic standpoint, but for a lot of the create independent creators that I follow, Mm -hmm spawn their businesses or spawn their businesses or career changes off of that point. Mm. And for me, 
you know, my my view upon money changed, literally changed during that period of time. And so I used several different things uh, during that point in time to erase the crippling debt that I had, which was more than what I was making at my job in credit card debt. Wow. Eliminate that, create good habits and small changes that allowed me over a decade time, right? To even actually was in half a decade, five years, I had pretty much wiped out like 70% of my debt. And then I was actually at a position to actually buy a house for the first time, right? And <laughs> go and go on and from there. And it was using those habits and having a snowball effect in my personal life. So when I was reading this book, I was like, why didn't I have this book before, like in 2005 <laughs> or, in, or in uh 2000? I could have been so much further along than I am now. Yeah, well, you made those atomic habit changes afterwards. So, like, like that's what really what matters is that you learn from your mistakes, right? <laughs> you learn from your mistakes, yeah. absolutely. Um, to quote him, uh, you get what you repeat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so actually we should get into the uh, uh, the main thesis of the book, I'd say. Next yeah. to the fact that atomic habits are small habits that have a huge effect in your life in the long term. He lays out things like, uh, smoking every day is considered an atomic habit in a bad way. It's a small thing you do every day that could cut off years of your life. Mm-hmm. And the inverse of that would be going for like, do like five minutes of quick cardio each morning. And that has a long-term effect on your life for the good. So yes. he, uh, he talks about things like that. But uh, the habit themselves, uh, let's see, actually. A habit, according to him, and also another book in the similar scope, uh, Charles Duhigg's The Power of Habit uh, mm-hmm. follows the formula of a cue, craving, response, and reward. That's yes. what a habit is. The cues and the cravings are tend to be subconscious, while the response and the reward tend to be conscious to an extent. So mm-hmm. it's all about trying to identify what your cues are, what causes that, like what your craving is from that cue, and how you could override any part of that process to to really make a difference in your personal well-being or uh, just personal life in general. Which I think that model definitely is very accurate. I don't, know anybody else has, I don't know anybody who's contested it, but I'm also not in the field of psychology, so I would not know if that's true or not. <laughs> so like, if, for example, like, uh, actually this is something that came across me today. Uh, it's been, it was kind of like a very uh, slow day today, and uh, that was my cue. And my craving tonight was actually to skip out on this recording and go hang out with friends instead because slow days equals bored days and bored days means I need more stimulation. But I was like, no, 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 no. This is, that's against your goal. Do not cancel rewarding because you're bored at work today. So, yeah. So, uh, that was the, uh, override for me was overriding the response in that case. And then the reward yeah. changes to saying that's much more fulfilling in the long run, like creating a podcast and talking about a great book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so that's kind of the gist of it uh, when it comes to like what a habit is and what the atomic habits are but throughout the book james introduces different things to uh kind of keep you in track 
and uh, he says a lot of things and a lot of things in a lot of good ways to a point where like, I was highlighting every single paragraph in this book. <laughs> it's kind of uh, hard not to. I got my I got my partner to read it, and uh, she felt the same way as me. She was like, like I texted her one day saying, like, I, if it wasn't for self-discipline, this whole book would be highlighted right now. <laughs> <laughs> It, it it's really hard not to like I have so many just yeah highlights myself and I just had to kind of stop because like I need to finish this book <laughs> yeah yeah so I think that the most profound thing that I read in this entire book and I think might be the most important takeaway is something that he says in like the first couple of chapters I can't remember exactly where which is habits inform your personality and your personality inform your habits Mm-hmm. So you could choose to change one of those and then ask yourself, what kind of person would this kind of person do or be and what would they do? So actually one thing that happened recently with my partner reading this book is she uh, was like, I always told myself I was not a morning person and I never woke up in the morning, like before like 730 in the morning and I'm a morning person. So for a while I was like, okay, I wake up at 630 go to the gym and all that stuff. And then she'll wake up like at 7.30 or 8 and go to her work because she has flexible hours. And then after she read that chapter, she's like, I'm going to start waking up early with you in the morning and become a morning person and go to the gym. And then meanwhile, I've been saying to myself, uh, what would a writer do since I like writing? And I was like, I'm going to write for five minutes, no more than five minutes every morning before work. It's only been two weeks of this, but it's already showing some like more desire to like write more. Yeah, and so and that and I'm trying to find it here. I uh, and that gets into where is it at? Um, the kind of three three methods or or ideas regarding making those changes, right? Mm-hmm. And identifying the outcome that you want changing the process and then adopting that new identity mm-hmm. right and the idea also with identities is that identities stick around for the long term ha- habits don't always stick there forever but right. if you're like like if you skip a workout and you're like oh no i'm a guy who works out every day i guess i'm just gonna work out tomorrow and so if you're like oh no i skipped a workout i guess it's all over now so yes like and it, and it harbors on that kind of that sense of uh, fake it till you make it, right? Yeah. If yeah. you believe you are that person, you will become that person. And that whole section again wraps around. And I forgot about this until I was skimming back through my notes and through the book. And he talks about goals versus process. Mm-hmm. And this reminds me of I was watching uh, something. And I can't recall who the actor was, but they commented that they didn't get better or, or they didn't get better as an actor until they started focusing on the process instead of the goal. Mm -hmm. And so you brought up writing, right? You want to, uh, your goal is to become a writer or your goal may be to write a book. Well, that's a great goal. You can reach it and that goes away, but then what are you left with? So focus on the process to become a writer or to write that book what are the things that you're going to introduce or do to help you achieve that, right? Does that mean that you're uh, to 
do that, you're going to have to practice writing. You're going to have to read more. You're going to have to do different writing techniques to see what works for you. And develop ingraining yourself in that process will get you to that point that you are a writer. You've wrote that book and now you're writing even more books. And to just focus more on the process than the actual goal. Yeah. The goal will come with the process. Yeah, there's actually an article that Amberly shared with me a while ago that I have saved to my Insta paper that really uh, reflects that, that, that mindset. It's called Screw Motivation, What You Need Is Discipline. Yes, I read that. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to link that in the show notes because I'm editing this episode, so I'll link that one. Hear that feature me. Don't forget that link. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, discipline and motivation are two completely different things. Motivation could get you started, but can't keep you there. And that's definitely like where like a lot of habit formation falls short is that people are motivated at the front. Like, yeah, I got this. I got this. I got this. And then they relapse because a familiar cue comes up and they haven't really overrun the reaction to it yet. Uh, or they haven't changed the reward or so on and so forth. Or mm-hmm. just like, you know, behavior is hard to change. Especially the older you get, behavior changes gets way more difficult. There's this other book I really like a lot about habit formation called Triggers by Marshall Goldsmith. And in the very first chapter of the, ver- of the book, maybe it's in the intro, he says that changing your behavior as an adult human being is a single hardest thing you could ever do in your life. Hmm. And that really stuck with me. I will link to that book in the show description well, as well. Yeah, like when you add those that book back to back with this book, you have to break that identity. Yeah. And personally, to even create the process and, and good habits financially for me is I had to combat that identity right mm-hmm. so I really had to pull myself aside <laughs> and we had to have some talk like you know Mark like we had to have some heart-to-heart talks uh, <laughs> to figure out just what what the hell I was doing and then identifying now that we uh, had the identity we created a new identity mm-hmm. instead of saying you know, Mark is just bad with money. Mark is great with money. And now that we know that Mark is great with money, what does someone that's great with money do? Mm-hmm. And changing those bad habits. And so then he goes into, we briefly talked about, right, the you have your, your cue um, that kind of prompts or triggers, whether it's uh, subconscious or not, your habits. And it was identifying, okay, what are my cues? What's my what are my trigger points that causes me to spend money? Is it an emotional cue? Is it um, Mm -hmm. a need to want uh, stuff? And I'm not going to give too much away because I am writing a book on this topic. (laughs) Plug. Um, (laughs) But uh, it was identifying those things and noticing, Okay, if a trigger for me to spend money is because everything is so easy to order now online, then how about I just rip, uh, delete all my credit cards off of any <laughs> shopping account, right? Oh yeah, that's actually it. So he lays out in the book the four steps for forming good and bad habits. Yes. And that's definitely one of them. The four steps are step one, make it obvious. This is for forming mm-hmm. good habits. Step one, make it obvious. Step two, make it attractive. Step three, make it easy. Step four, make it satisfying. 
And he says yes. to invert that for habits you're trying to break, which is make it invisible, make it unattractive, make it difficult, and make it unsatisfying. And I exactly. actually do find that adding friction between you and the thing you want to do mm-hmm. is a great motivator. Like I have yeah. on my phone, I have some special provisions on it uh, where I can't access certain apps during certain hours based on what my Google Calendar says. And I can't even access my calendar app on my phone during those hours. So I can't override it on my phone. I have to go to the computer to override it. And that's like the friction I add there is I can't override these systems unless I go to a computer. I'm like, is it really worth it right now? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it makes you rethink it. And that's like when after we were reading Hyperfocus and I wasn't doing this previously, right, of introducing or removing things from your environment. Mm -hmm. Like when I'm like, okay, I need to like head down. And that means that I put my phone off way somewhere else. So then when I'm working on something, I'm like, oh, I need a, like a five minute break or two minute break. <laughs> or I'm trying to think of something else. I, my phone isn't right there. Mm-hmm. So so just on a, like another note of regarding that is that with with me getting my new monitor, I was like, OK, I got to use this thing. So when I work from home. I was using the big monitor instead of working in the kitchen. That means you got the second monitor going. Might as well throw some YouTube videos while I'm working. <laughs> and now I'm finding myself watching YouTube videos instead of focusing uh, more on the work. So it would take me a little bit longer to get things done. So I kind of un- undocked everything today. And <laughs> well, part of it was I had my uh, Game of Thrones map that I won on my kitchen table oh, yeah? and it took up the whole thing. And I finally went to go get that frame this weekend. So I got my kitchen table back, which means I can put, uh, I can work from the kitchen table uh, when I'm working from home. That means no second monitors, no phones, no nothing. Mm-hmm. I'm back into the zone. Right. So it's making a little, the distractions a little bit more difficult to do because we've at, I've added reintroduced friction to that environment mm-hmm. and then all the uh, the inverse is true too if you're trying to make something easy uh to get a better habit like he recommends like changing into your workout clothes as soon as you get home so that way you feel like you have to go to the gym or you have to go for a run yeah uh, that's a actually i did that yesterday after we met up although i wasn't planning going for a run until 5 p.m as soon as i got home i changed into my workout clothes like i was at a two hour three hour delay but I was like, I just do not want to cheat myself out of this. I don't want to be like, oh, it's five o'clock. I'm in my sweats. I feel great. I was like, instead, <laughs> it was like, okay, it's five. Like, I run a lot. I love running, but sometimes it's some days you feel like being lazy. So yeah, like I had, I still need to trick myself to go work out sometimes. It's actually when I go to the gym in the morning, the very first thing I need to do is I just put on my workout clothes. Don't even look at my phone. Don't go to the bathroom until I put my workout clothes. Just put them on right then. Absolutely. And so like prepping the night before the things that you need to do the next morning. So if I'm like, okay, I really need to go to the gym in the morning, then I do, I set my night clothes out the night before. So now it's at the top of mind that I my night clothes are, or my gym clothes are out. And so uh, same as you, when I wake up in the morning, I throw them on as immediately as I can. And then I'm kind of like, well, since you're already dressed, you might as well put on your, <laughs> your shoes and since you got your shoes on, might as well fill up that water bottle yep. and it just continue compounds. And so we talked about compounding, compounding knowledge before in a previous episode. I, I mentioned something uh, in regards to Warren Buffett and how he likes to 
um, uh, compound knowledge, right? Before mm-hmm. he makes any uh, purchase of something, he's already read extensively over the, on that topic and has built up a base layer of knowledge. And it's the same with uh, habits. You're compounding habits. You're getting 1% better in e- every day. Mm-hmm. And that's why they're atomic. They're small changes that you can implement within your routine or do that compounds over time to where you have uh, made such a profound change or impact on what you were doing. And ca- also called like s- the snowballing method as yeah, well, right? Yeah. And so it's funny to hear, to read about that because that's also a method like if you were paying off debt, for example, to, to get me going the smallest things, you, you pay off the smallest balance, even though we won't get into whether that financially makes sense, but you pay <laughs> off the smallest balance first so that you can have a small success. And then you roll that next one. You roll all that payment to the next one. And it's a snowballing method. And the next thing you know, you got this big uh, chunk of change that's paying down all mm-hmm. your debt that's continuing to grow. And all you did was one small change. Uh, So that was a very interesting concept as well that he had within the book. One thing I really liked about it was he was very, I guess it's not very, I guess pragmatic, practical. He offered a, he has this rule in the book, which is a two minute rule, which is whenever you start a new habit, don't worry about like staying down every day for like half an hour to like work on something or like going to the gym for an hour every day after work. Instead, just do something for two minutes that fulfills that habit. So... Mm -hmm. Maybe it's like doing push-ups and crunches for two minutes in your office during your lunch break. Like do that because that's going to get you into the mindset of somebody who works out. That's why I started doing five minutes of writing every day before work. So you'd be like, I used to just like write whenever I want to. I was like, oh, I don't have any inspiration right now. Nah, whatever. So I'm not going to do it. But now I'm like, okay, I'm going to go there and actually focus on this for five minutes. And I don't write that many words. It's probably 50 words at a time because I'm a slow writer, but it's getting me into that mindset and so on. It's a it's a very profound thing I never thought about because I always thought like, oh, if you're going to get into this routine, if you're going to become somebody who goes for a run, you have to go at least for three miles, no more or no yeah. less. But I was like, that's actually a really good point because like one thing that people have issues with is that they try to go into these routines and they try to hit it hard and then their body, their mind or whatever can't keep up. Mm-hmm. And then they just say, screw it. I, this isn't the thing for me. And then they leave, but doing it for two minutes a day is a brilliant idea. I wish I thought about that idea. No. Yeah. It's absolutely great. And so like for another example of, um, I know some people that are like, I'm a slow reader. Um, <laughs> I'm a slow reader unless it's like a book I love, right? But um, but I've had other people ask, like, how do you read? Even though I'm a slow reader because I'm comparing myself to other people I who like you read. read a lot. <laughs> well, I do read a lot. I, I think I get through an, at a nice pace, but I, I'm comparing myself to other people that read even more than okay, I do. Yeah. Um, but they're like, how do you read so much? Are you able to get uh, get through so much of this book? And it's not that I sometimes I may dedicate an entire afternoon to reading. That's because I built up to that point uh, to be able to do that. Previously, when I was getting back into after my long hiatus on reading, it was reading 
do I have 15 minutes here? Okay, I can read this 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. I can read this five minutes. I can read this 30 minutes. And then finding those little gaps in time that you have. Instead of uh, going on social media or doing something else, if there's a book that you're craving, right? And you got the Kindle app. Mm -hmm. If you don't have the physical book, you can get the app on your phone. And you can read just quick five minutes or knock out this article as you're traveling or waiting for someone or something else. You can use that time to work on a habit that you want to build. And it can just be small increments like that. Yeah, I actually did something like that for me to read more as well. I can't check social media on my phone. I have an app called Freedom on my phone that blocks me from going to any website. I can also block apps as well. And instead of like going to reddit.com or checking Facebook, I'm like, okay, well, what do I do with this phone? I guess I'll just read something on Kindle right now. <laughs> and it's increasing my reading a lot. Yeah. Like I will read like in line. I'll read uh, during bathroom breaks now at work. Like it just like, it makes a huge difference just to add, add that additional friction there. It does. But, um, do you want to talk about a few more methods he lays out in the book or are we going to say something else? I didn't mean to interrupt. Oh, no, no. Okay. You're, you're yeah. good. I was trying to see if there are what other methods. There are, I think the most, another very profound thing he talks about in the book that's, I didn't think about, but it's called habit stacking. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah. Which is the, the action of putting a new habit on top of an existing habit. So it'd be like, okay, every day, he was using the example in his book that, oh, Riggins is growling. I guess he doesn't agree with me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, he was using the example that every day before lunch, he told himself that, okay, when I close my laptop, I'm going to do like five push-ups, And that mm-hmm. was it. And he was stacking a habit on top of an existing habit. That way you could, using that as a cue, so that way eventually the habit of closing his laptop will become also the habit cue of doing push-ups, which I think is a really brilliant idea. And I never thought of it. And I'm actually doing that now with mindfulness meditation. Every day before I shower, I now go and I meditate for five minutes in the bathroom. It's in the bathroom, but hey, I'm meditating. That's all that matters. So I'll turn off the light, set my insight timer on, for five minutes and then just meditate. So yeah, the habit stacking method I think is a really brilliant idea. And it really makes a, if you think about it, it's just hijacking behaviors that's already there. So you're making it easy, which is the, let's see, the third law of making a good habit according to him. Yes. And I was trying to scan through to see where that was. Cause I'm pretty sure I made a note on there, but I have so many, um, <laughs> notes though (laughs) but habit i mean yes habit stacking is good i remember the list right of he says within the book to write down um the things that you actually do like what's your routine your steps right Mm -hmm. you wake up you brush your teeth you wash your face you make coffee you blah 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 where can you insert the new habit that you want to create so then now after after you uh, brush your teeth, but before you make coffee, you meditate for five minutes, mm-hmm. 
right? And just sliding it within those those particular points. And again, it was something that I had used myself to to try to determine what new habits I wanted to create from a financial perspective. Mm-hmm. And it was writing down like everything that I was doing week yeah. to week, month to month, and noting, okay, how can I add friction to this thing? Because I know this is a trigger point. What can I do to make this more difficult, et cetera, et cetera. So that that truly does work. And when you're able to insert those small little habits uh, to create something a little bit better. We may not necessarily think of it that way, but kind of once you bring it to light or shine a light on, it's like, here's what you need to. And you're like, oh, that's kind of what I do. I've did it in another situation and it really worked. That's what that is. OK, I'll do more of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing that he lays out in the book that's calling those lines, which actually I didn't put in my notes, but good thing I found the highlight. There's, like I said, there's a lot of things I highlight in this book. I don't know what to put in my notes. Uh, it's something that he calls a point and call system, where you write down each habit whenever you do it. And yes. then, like, you then write down, he recommends using the shorthand of a plus sign for positive habits, minus sign for negative habits, and equal sign if it's a neutral habit. And then just go throughout your day and like write what you do. And then look at them and see if you're even more thorough, write down the trigger as well, at least the trigger that you could think of. It might not be an obvious trigger. It might be impossible. It might be hard to find, but still a, a really nice thing to do is keep and log on it. Kind of like we were doing with using uh, the methods of hyperfocus whenever we were recording ourselves every hour for like what we were doing. Yeah. The intention log. Yeah. This is the, this is like the habit version of that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that is a really good method because one good way to change is to know where you're lacking, like where you're, uh, where everything lies. Uh, speaking of which, one thing that is highly recommended in the book is using a habit tracker of any kind, just any kind of habit tracker that really works for you. Mm-hmm. So some people, if you go to the bullet journal subreddit, they have habit trackers in their journals that they can like color in the different uh, squares. Yeah. Complete a habit. Uh, I use a spreadsheet at the end of each day. I will mark off habits that I'm trying to track on a one through five scale. And uh, I now just recently switched to a new habit tracker called Habitica, which I'm doing as well, which is basically turns your habits into an RPG stats where you can like get... <laughs> You'd become like a mage. You could, uh, you fight bosses, uh, doing a bad habit, subtracts your HP, doing good habits gives you, gives you XP. Mm-hmm. So it's a, as somebody who plays D and D once a week, it's a very motivating system for me. <laughs> <laughs> so, I yeah. mean, it's, so at what point does the game of tracking your habits become a bad habit? Okay, he does talk about that. Uh, he talks about that sometimes we get opti- we optimize too much for numbers and not for the actual <laughs> outcomes, which actually is true. Uh, and sometimes it's okay to let days of tracking slide. Actually, I didn't track any of my habits today because it was a strange Monday, so I didn't track any habits. Um, but sometimes it does become like a, a numbers game. You're like, oh no, now we got to check off 15 things in this list. And if I don't do it, if I don't maximize my score better than yesterday, mm-hmm. then I'm not as good and so on and so forth. And you just get stressed out. Might affect your sleep. And 
everybody knows if you don't sleep well, it doesn't end up being, or if you don't sleep well, it you're not going to function well the next day and so on and so forth. So you got to find a middle ground. It's kind of up to you to figure out what your middle ground is. Yeah. And I, <laughs> I was telling Mark this, or I think I told it to you whenever we met up yesterday. I, uh, on my Hibika, I was at the drop one level. I was like at one HP <laughs> and yeah. I had to go do something that night. And that thing was D and D and our D and D sessions go until 10 PM. And I have a caffeine cutoff point where I can't drink caffeine past one thirty each day because I want to make sure I go to sleep. And, and my exceptions are on Thursday or not on Thursdays on D and D days, which are currently Thursdays. And at the time I was under one HP, I didn't want to not drink caffeine that day, but I also didn't want to like enforce the habit of drinking past one thirty PM. So the thing with Habitica is you could like get more XP and level up and it restores your HP. So I was trying uh. to find things to do that would counteract my decision later that day to drink more caffeine. So <laughs> I was scouting for more things to do. And then that made me stressed out and actually made it hard to focus at work. <laughs> and then, and then I, uh, hit the, and then I, I managed to level up and then I was able to forgive myself for drinking caffeine that day. So <laughs> I could have been less stressed and not optimized for the whole thing. And then just taking the level down and just say, whatever, it's just a, it's just a number. I can get back to the next level tomorrow or the day after that. Mm-hmm. But I was playing the numbers game and it really took over my brain for a bit. But because of that, though, I got things done. So there's that. <laughs> <laughs> there's that. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, there's definitely the dark side to habit tracking. But I think I think and then apparently studies have shown that people that habit track are people that tend to be more disciplined and uh, more uh, more better at holding off uh, or withholding rewards. They tend to be just better around at, at being more self-aware. Of course, you get the whole chicken and egg problem. Does habit tracking make you that kind of person? Or do that, does that kind of person go to habit tracking? Mm-hmm. But I don't think that really matters, especially with the thesis of this book, which is that behaviors inform habits and habits inform behavior. So yeah. maybe you're not that person now, but you could be that person later. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so any final thoughts because uh, I, I know we can go on I know I was like I could t- keep on talking about this that's <laughs> I kind of feel like that we should have an extra week to prepare for this but then this would have been a two hour episode so it's a blessing that's guys that we're not doing that yeah so the book would this would become an audio book like an unbridged audio book of the actual book <laughs> pretty much yeah because I'm looking at all like all my little highlights and stuff and I'm like Oh, there's so much I can say about this quote. There's so much I can say about that quote. Oh, look at this whole section I highlighted. I want to say something about this. And I'm well, like, you know. Before we wrap up, I, can I, uh, how about we share, or at least I have an amusing thing I want to share from the book. Do you have an Go amusing thing? Okay. Yeah. Uh, I think the most amusing passage in the entire book deals with this guy that he, I think he knew, or he at least interviewed for his book. I can't remember what he did, uh, but he had like a goal of going to the gym and like working out for like half an hour or an hour. It was like he had like a set duration for his workout. And if he didn't do that workout, he had to dress up in nice clothes to go to work. And I was like, that's <laughs> totally me. Like my my uh, dress up 
my office dress code is very relaxed. I could wear t-shirts to work. So I wear t-shirts, not button-down shirts. Mm-hmm. So if I really wanted to, I could like be like, okay, if I skip this today, I got to wear a button-down shirt because I do not like those. Wow. So I really relate to that story. Is like, I really relate a lot with that story. That's pretty good. That's I, I'm not sure if if it's from this book as well, but something about uh, trying to keep a habit and having a, I guess, a contract with someone that you have to pay them X dollar amount. If, yeah, that's if, actually the at least the same guy. Maybe this is in a different book as well, but the same guy who did the whole dressing up for work if he skipped his workout, he later yeah. on increased or he later on made the uh the punishment worse by having like that he had to pay his personal trainer a hundred dollars extra yes the next time that he, that he saw them yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 so i mean those are you know the consequences um that you can build in to help, mm-hmm. kind of help keep you accountable that's pretty funny yeah, yeah. but yeah i just thought it was really amusing and I uh, sent Amberly a screenshot of that section. So, like, sorry for the spoilers, but I found those really amusing. So here it is. <laughs> yeah. Do you have uh, any final things you want to share from the book? Um, I'm so I'm, I'm I really wanted to do a quote, and then I saw another quote, and I was like, ah, oh, that is so good. You did both. The book is so good. Well, but I keep finding more. Okay. So, um, <laughs> so there's one that sticks out. One quick, two of them. Okay, Okay. I'll do two. Two two quotes. The quick one is the quote, addition by subtraction. Mm. Right? And this is when he was talking about Japanese companies, um, looking at their processes and see how they can improve it. And by removing things, removing the wasted effort or, or bad processes that they had going on, that they were able to add more customers and revenue, right? So addition by subtraction. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you don't have to necessarily keep adding things into your environment to get benefits elsewhere, to get benefits, but you can remove things, remove uh, maybe when you're outlining what your habits are, what your process or system is, maybe there's something that you can actually remove from that that gives you even more benefits than if you were to add something new, right? Um, mm-hmm. th- I mean, this kind of came up a lot when I would work with different teams and integrating them to different systems. And they wanted to add all this flair and <laughs> add these new things and add these new things. And I'm like, you know what? How about we subtract what you already have? They didn't need it. I saw that they didn't need it. And I was like, just try it without adding all this stuff. And by subtracting those those complicated things that they added to the workflow, they were able to be even more productive with their work overall. Mm -hmm. So keep that in mind, addition by subtraction. And then the last thing, last quote I want to mention is he says, what is, what is immediately rewarded is repeated. What is immediately punished is avoided. That's a good last one to leave on. Yes. And that one speaks to instant gratification. So if there's something that you're looking at, something that that the eating out, eating out may seem super easy at that point in time, right? Because you don't have to spend 30 or 40 minutes cooking or prepping a meal. So immediately gratifying yourself by getting that meal is going to be a reward that causes you to repeat 
said behavior. Whereas if you were able to actually invest that time, you'll build a better habit because it wouldn't necessarily be that difficult. And so you kind of have to shift in how you're thinking about that. Any final thoughts for you? And how about wrap your final thoughts along with your uh, book review, your score? How would you rate it as well? Yeah, yeah. As as everybody knows from the last week or the last episode, the Hyperfocus and Skyfocus Challenge. Uh, I really like that book, or I really love this book so much that I wanted to talk about it then, and that's still true. I really, I really do like this book, and I would, it might be up there with like being. And some of the best, or one of the best productivity books I've ever read. There's nothing too profound in it, but that's what I think makes it simple. Like, it's a very simple book. There's, like, a lot of methods he talks about, but one thing that I have an issue with, like, with a few kind of books in this space is they say, this is the only way to fix this. But he's more like, here's a bunch of things you could try doing, and here's some things that have been proven to work. Try them out. It's not like, I don't know, it, 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 he, he's a really good writer. James Clear has a very uncanny ability of making things sound clear to the readers. It's in his name, I guess. But <laughs> yeah, I love this book. I could talk about it for a long time. And it's given me my, me my perspective. I mean, just the whole identity, identity influences habits and habits, identity influences habits and habits influence identity that statement right there i think will stick with me for the rest of my life that's such wow. a important thing to know it's nice people say i can't do that because i'm not that kind of person but to that what identity and personality is is just repeated behaviors over a course of time mm-hmm. and that's what habits are yeah yeah so i'm giving this book five out of five go read it uh Good thing for the listeners that we didn't go for the full two hours that we could have gone on for this whole thing because <laughs> then they would have no need to go read it. But oh, I yeah. say go read this book. It's that's great. Definitely up there in my favorite productivity books. How about you, Mark? Right on. Uh, so for me, again, when I decided to read this book, I just continually found myself just nodding along um, with each page because. Each thing that he talks about were different tools that I utilized to really get out of my massive debt. And I think every, what, 80% of the country knows about this, right? Because the last stat I saw was like 80% of people in the U.S. live paycheck to paycheck. And in the yearly economic reports that we perform and that we review... And the last one I saw that was it 47% could not pay for a $400 emergency. Wow. And so when you, when you go from there and then you look at, okay, the stress levels that are created with it uh, of, of not knowing if you'll be like, I live that growing up and having to like kind of skimp on meals or just do whatever to kind of make yourself full or eat or skip things because you couldn't afford it. And then to continue that in adulthood, like to know 
So that's why I kind of hinge on the financial aspect for me, because that was a very important key piece. And that that was creating bad habits in my life due to stress, health concerns and everything else. And sometimes we don't realize like some of the bad habits or things that weighing us down are impacting us um, from a mental and physical perspective. Right. And so Mm -hmm. for me, that's like super heavy uh, weighing on me. And so when reading this book, I'm like just nodding. I'm like, these are things that I did. This Mm -hmm. is great. Everyone needs to read this book. Why (laughs) wasn't this around when I needed it? Absolutely. So uh, for me, I had loved the book and I I was like, wait, I'm going to have to rate this for the show. Well, what did I rate it uh, in my Goodreads? Now Mm -hmm. I went back and looked at Goodreads. I gave it a five and I'll still give it a five. Mm -hmm. And not only would I recommend that once you read this book, let everything marinate give it a little time mm-hmm. and then go back and read it again. Yeah. I could definitely see myself revisiting this book. It is saying that and until a better book comes out on this topic and until more research is done and habit psychology, this is definitely the, the best thing out here. Yeah. Uh, That's and awesome. if you don't think you'd start anything, like if you're afraid of like your money holding is like, I can't save just like save like $10 a paycheck. Start with that. Just start small and then go from there. That's the atomic habits That's method, atomic anyways. Habit. Indeed. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm glad we got to read this book. I'm happy it was we brought it up when we were talking about books to read on the show. Uh-huh. And yeah, yeah, because it almost didn't make the list. <laughs> yeah, That's true. we were <laughs> to read. Uh, can't remember what we were about to read. It was something else. It was uh, it was deep uh, work. Was that was deep work? Read. Yeah, what, yeah. Like, which is also a great book too, but. I think that this is a book that you could do before deep work because deep work is about forming the habits of focusing. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, yeah, I think it's time to start wrapping up now. I think so too, because so, I need to eat. Yeah, me too. Um, <laughs> I need to eat as well. Uh, do you want to share with our listeners our next topic? All right. So that's the book review. Five out of five for Kyle. Five out of five for me and that's going to kind of wrap up this episode so to look forward in the next two weeks we will be kind of taking a page out of atomic habits and we will be tackling two of our bad habits Mm -hmm. and what what two habits did you choose kyle i have on here not eating out on weeknights because that's a habit i've fallen into lately like grabbing dinner after work with a friend or just being too lazy to cook or meal prep that week and I'll go grab some fast food on the way home. So I'm going to, f- my focus is to not eat out and uh, cook my own stuff at home. And the other one is going to be keeping my space clean and resetting the room if I leave it, like how I left it before I got there. So I'm trying to work in cleanliness and saving money right now which are both very important, I think. Uh, my desk at the office was a mess, or is a mess, and I hope to see it not a mess by the end of <laughs> these two weeks. And then same thing as those, like the small things too. Like I even now have a reminder in the mornings to make the bed, something I never do. So mm. that's that's going to be one of the small atomic habits I'm throwing into that list. But we could, I'm still formulating the methods. Things will change. Yeah. we got two weeks to work on this. 
Okay. And uh, Michael, what are yours? So, like you, mine is uh, the room reset, putting everything back in its place. If you've followed me on Instagram, I I have a two desk setup, and my desks are typically messy. It's best, especially my workspace desk. Looking at it right now, I have books piled <laughs> on top with some papers. I have a hat, Austin Podcasters hat. Oh. And I have just crap on top, uh, which is blocking some work. And then just my main desk with my uh, laptop and everything. It's kind of in a little disarray. It can be uh, spruced up a bit. So I've kind of gotten um, laxed on some things. So rooms reset, making sure that everything is in its place. All my books aren't just sitting around. Uh, everything is cleaned up and put back where it is um, because that helps. I think I think it was this book as well where he, where he talks about that. Um, he's lazy, so if he can just do it now, he doesn't have to do it later. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and the next thing for me is I want to create the habit of reading at least 30 minutes before bed. Mm, um, that's a good one. So shutting off your devices and just grabbing whatever book and reading. That's I tried to start that habit and I broke that off. So I'm gonna try it again. Um, I think 30 minutes is good, or yeah. maybe 15 minutes. We'll see. We'll adjust as we go. Mm-hmm. So those are our two challenges for the next episode for tackling our two bad habits. And that's it. So if you want to continue to watch us on these updates, send us anything um, that you uh, have in mind for a challenge for us, or maybe you have attempted a challenge, you can certainly send that and share that to us on our Instagram and Twitter accounts at Productive Lab. And certainly check our website for the show notes for links to everything that we've talked mm-hmm. about at theproductivitylab.show or tpl.show for short. Kyle, where can they find you? Uh, yeah, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at KyleSQ9. I actually am not on Twitter as much anymore as I used to. I I go through these phases where Twitter just makes me really mad at the world and I quit the app <laughs> for like three or four months. So I got pretty mad at the world a while ago and I'm off Twitter. Uh, so actually DMing, DMing me through Instagram is actually a better way to reach out to me yeah. right now. And then I also have my semi-defunct blog, quadrant9.net. And that's it. How about you, Mark? You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at AskMarkio. That is AskMarkIO. And if you want to read any of my uh, blogs, uh, writings, or my short, short written review of this very episode of Reading Atomic Habit, you can read that at my blog, askmark.io. Anything else? No, that's it. That's going to do it for our second book review of the Productivity Lab. And uh, yeah, stay productive, everybody.
and use it without all the, these wills and vessels. Uh, you know, oh my God, bells and whistles, <laughs> wheels and bells and vessels. Yeah, these are Oh yes, wheels and vessels. I'm gonna make a T-shirt that says that. Oh, uh, remember, become a big top 100 podcast. Uh, we'll have a shirt that has. Don't add any wheels and vessels. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, you. I mean, yeah. 